Welcome to Our Town Live, where you'll hear the news and the views of our neighbors and friends. We're talking to Dr. Gibbs Williams, Ph.D., a renowned psychoanalyst practicing in New York for the last 50 years. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you're exaggerating a bit. I am practicing for 47 years, not 50, uh, which is okay. I hope to get to 50. Uh, I have an office about a block away from uh, City Hall in New York City in uh, an area of town called Tribeca. Tell me a little bit about the type of practice. You say you're a psychoanalyst. What exactly is a psychoanalyst? Uh, what exactly is a psychoanalyst? It's a very good question. What comes to my mind is that there is a book um, written that I think has to do with um, naming 365 different psychological theories, all of which uh, lead to some kind of uh, counseling, uh, which means that five of them must have been invented last night because there's such an enormous amount of them, so that in deciding to be a uh, psychoanalyst or actually deciding to be a psychologist, uh, if you were going to be totally objective, you would have to be thoroughly familiar with 365 different theories which is absurd. So the question is, how did I pick psychoanalysis out of the 365? Um, that was easy. My um, criteria for theory selection is, as everybody else does, clearly is based on one's uh, basic uh, sensibilities about <clears throat> such questions as the nature of reality, what's real, what isn't, what's pertinent information. Once you get the information, what do you do with it, and so forth. Uh, making my choice easier is the fact that there are only four out of those 365 theories that have a psychoanalytic um, perspective, and a psychoanalytic perspective means that there is an assumption that there is a personal unconscious uh, which motivates behavior. By personal unconscious, I mean that the key critical decisions that a person makes in their life, usually about love and work and uh, meaning and hobbies and so forth, is all done instinctually. It's below the level of consciousness. That's uh, an effect what's equated with um, concepts like a gut feeling. In choosing psychoanalysis, I like the organizing concepts which seem to be most relevant in trying to understand what makes a person tick and excludes those things which seem to be absolutely irrelevant. Now, let me interrupt you just for a minute for two primary reasons. The first one is I have to tell people that are listening to us, especially for the first time, full disclosure, you are my brother, and you have been my brother for a very long time. That's the first disclosure. The second disclosure is to let people know that you were the, the impetus of writing a resource manual for first responders. Manual has to do with what we call attitude shifting. Now, when you and I first got together on this project, you were in New York. I was in Chicago. And finally, after 40 some odd years, we started to talk together on a on a uh, almost a regular basis up until then for forty years we talked to one another 
maybe twice a year on each other's birthday. But because I had an issue and I didn't know her to turn, who to turn to, I turned to my brother. What was my issue? My issue was I had just had a triple bypass, was scared to death, didn't know what to do, looked at my scar every day and got more scared, so I called you. Now, I'm saying all those things for another primary reason. We started to put this manual together, this book, and I started asking you questions. You started asking me questions. But the problem was every time I asked you a question and you gave me an, un an answer, I had a hard time understanding it. So what we did for the next year is you gave me all kinds of information about myself, about living, about changing attitudes, shifting attitudes. And it was my job to take your language and put it into a language that hopefully most people could understand. It's been very successful. It's called attitude shifting. Now, with that said, and a very obvious plug, let me ask you a couple more questions about you. What, do you, think, what do you think are your strengths when you're talking to your, you don't call them clients, your patients? Good question. I think um, through the years uh, I've been able to uh, be very sensitive to the vocabulary, the language, the styles of my individual patients, and I um, use my two major techniques to try to understand them. The first is talking, uh, and it's not just talk, it's special talk, uh, which tries to address their particular details, and the second uh, technique is carefully listening to detail. So in that, <clears throat> in that connection, then, I try to uh, identify, um, as I said, the language and style of individual patients. And I think I'm pretty good at doing that. I, I'm very attuned to um, what preoccupies them, what's their interest, how they generate personal meanings and so forth, so that I'm able to take a relatively complex material and break it down into um, a way of understanding what makes them tick. Let me ask you another question on the other side. What do you think are your weaknesses when it comes to your practice and dealing with folks like me? I've been working on this probably for the amount of time I'm alive, which is 82 years. Uh, cultivating patience, uh, tolerating differences, uh, not jumping to conclusions. Uh, when I'm irritated about people not being where I would like them to be, uh, instead of... Uh, acting like a smart ass, like I know exactly what's going on. I try to be, as I said, cultivate patience, where, tolerate where, frustration. Let me ask you, where would you like them to be? That's an interesting statement. I have no problem with differences, even major differences or difficulties. That's not an issue. I have had difficulties when I have been attuned to the fact that people often that I'm aware of often have a difficulty with themselves and they often in a way interrupt themselves or um, find it difficult to be spontaneous and I'm very sensitive to that and I tended to get irritated and I'm much more patient with that now. How well do you work under pressure and what would be pressure for you in a typical day? I'm great under pressure. I um, When I first started uh, being an analyst, um, I, I in, a, in a way not really understanding this is what I was doing, but later realizing I was very good at uh, crisis intervention. 
example of crisis intervention. I worked at a place called Odyssey House many years ago, which is a pioneer therapeutic community for the treatment of heroin addicts. And there were crises going on all the time. And what we would have, the people who would come into the program were raw addicts, raw heroin addicts with uh, rap sheets. They were, uh, you know, put everything on them. And they would have to come into the program and not take drugs for six months and then be part of this uh, therapeutic community. There was a crisis uh, every other moment. Uh, crises involved uh, panic attacks. People were terribly depressed, uh, threatened suicide, threatened murder. You know, these kind of really major behavioral things. How do you make important decisions? How do I make important decisions? I have to first assess that what I am observing, either verbally or physically or behaviorally, is important. And by important, that implies crisis. It implies that it's sort of at a, um, a soldier uh, in battle, that you can get killed, you know, with uh, bullets flying around, and um, you got to survive. So that you have to be hyper alert to what's going on in practical reality. You have to duck. You have to um, keep calm and steady under pressure. How do you relax when you get home? My wife would say I don't, because at the moment I uh, am addicted to. Uh, the political scene, and I tune into everything that I can to be aware of it, and she thinks I'm out of my mind because I'm looking for stress, but the truth of it is, it calms me, and it makes me feel as if I'm in a uh, college course in political science, so I actually love it. What is absurd that you love doing? What is absurd? What is ridiculous to most people that you love to do? Well, among my hobbies is uh, making, is constructing very intricate old uh, classic um, ships, uh, wood, wooden, uh, which takes, uh, consumes many hours and uh, very tedious. And I love that. People might think I'm out of my mind through, you know, messing with uh, ropes and uh, knots and glue and so forth. I love it. What else? Good question. Let me think about it. What project would you consider your most significant career accomplishment up till today? Early on, started keeping a journal that lasted 37 years um, as a result of my trying to order my chaos, having had what I consider a functional breakdown when I was a uh, sophomore at uh, college. And it was a quest uh, I kept it, and I've been revising it through the years. And it was really a quest for my identity and how I was, um, in effect, lost for decades and then began to uh, find myself. Another question. If you could get the biggest billboard in New York City, what would you put on it? Good question. I think what I would do is to uh, say if you want some answers to some very difficult questions, read this and the list of uh, certain papers, certain books that I've written and so forth. Since we're running a little bit short on time and we're going to do this again, I hope that you will do this with me. Where can people get in touch with you 
if they have some issues that they'd like to talk about. Do you have a phone number, an address? Uh, office yes, my, uh, in New York City, my phone number is 914-473-7140. Say, say, what, say it one more time. We want to make sure people understand it. 914-473-7140. If I'm busy, um, leave your name or contact information. I'll be sure to get in touch with you uh, relatively shortly. Do you my, have an email address? Uh, yeah, my email address is uh, gwilliamsny11 at aol.com. I also have a website that's uh, quite interesting uh, called gibbsonline.com. Wonderful. And of course, we want people to remember that you and I wrote a book, a reference manual for first responders. It's called Attitude Shifting, and you can read all about it and hear all about it at attitudeshifting.net. That's attitudeshifting.net. And we want to thank you for giving us some of your time, and hopefully we'll get back together again, okay? Great. 